But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. But now, apart from the law of righteousness of God, oh, reading with meaning. Okay, but now the righteousness of God has been made manifest. Okay. Propitiation, it's another big word that ends in shun. Um, as I said earlier, probably not a word that we use every day. But we probably all know what it is like to have someone angry with us. Last week, believe it or not, in Sleepy Felixstowe, in High Road West, Joy and I witnessed road rage. Uh, a guy got out of his car and started really laying into the guy in front because he'd pulled out in front of him. Uh, I won't repeat what he said, but it wasn't nice. He was angry. Whether justifiably or not, he was angry. It wasn't pleasant to see. Now, we know that our anger is usually negative and it's self-serving. We get angry because someone's upset us over something small and we just get angry about it. We easily forget that there are, in fact, things we should get angry about. If we think about the injustice in the world, we should be angry about those things. But because we are human, our anger usually ends up being destructive. Because of this, we don't like to think that God is angry. But he is. God is angry. He's angry with sin and he's angry with sinners. Um, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3 that we are in fact children of wrath that we are under God's anger and that is a problem that's the shadow of death that Isaiah wrote about it's a big problem but in his letter to the Romans Paul gives us the answer now our verses that Joy read in fact in the original are one sentence it is a long sentence it has to be said but it's one sentence and it's all about this idea of turning aside God's wrath. And as we look at them, I don't know, I'm not going to go on for too long, but have we got some volunteers? I need probably three, maybe four, just to hold a piece of paper. Um, I think it was Kipling who talked about his uh, friends who were questions. I can't remember the quote. But come on, um, just... Well, if you're the first, you're going to have to stand here the longest. <laughs> but the first question, hold it up to tell people, the first question is, how? How can we be propitiated? Do you want to sit down 
Now we've got that and we can come on again at the end. Um, how is it that we can turn away God's wrath? I'm afraid flowers won't do it. What about our devotion? If we're more devoted, will that turn aside God's wrath? Or obedience to the law? Or even if we give ourselves to a good cause, is that sufficient? It's all too tempting to rely on ourselves, what we can do. But Paul makes it only too clear that that's not the way. What he says is that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. In the NIV it uses the phrase, the sacrifice of atonement. And it means pretty much the same thing. It means that God's wrath is turned away by Jesus. But specifically, if you look at those verses in front of you, um, uh, Paul says that through the shedding of his blood. In other words, it wasn't Jesus' life, but Jesus' death that satisfied God's anger. It's through Jesus dying on the cross that God's wrath is turned away. The death of the sinless Son of God is a sufficient gift. It's enough to turn away God's wrath. That's uh, our part, is simply to receive it, to receive that gift, to trust that it's enough. So, how, our question was, how can God's wrath be turned aside? Well, only by the death of the Lord Jesus himself. So let's look only to him. Now, when someone realises they've done something that has really made someone else angry, it's usually the person, the guilty person, who brings the gift, or brings the apology, isn't it? Uh, it's usually something we, we, we sometimes even say we will grovel. But the gift usually comes from the guilty party. But our next question is, come on then, here we are. Uh, our next question is, who, who brings the gift? Look down at Romans again. If you want to park yourself next to um, Jess, that'd be great. In verse 25, uh, it says in the NIV, God presented Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. It's not us that brings the offering. It's not us that's made the gift. God himself brings the gift. Uh, the ESV said, God put forward. Whom, uh, Jesus Christ, whom God put forward. It's God that brings the gift. Now that seems a bit shocking, doesn't it? And we're entering into a very deep mystery. We're entering into something that perhaps we'll never fully understand. The mystery that is the Trinity. The Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The perfect unity and oneness of the three persons of the Godhead. The Father put forward his one and only Son. The most precious thing that he had. The Son, himself fully God, came willingly to offer himself. 
And the Spirit awakens faith so that the gift can be received. The Trinity working in unity as one, one God, offers that gift of propitiation, that sacrifice of propitiation, knowing that sinners have absolutely no chance of providing a sacrifice to turn aside God's wrath, he himself has done it. Our Heavenly Father has put forward uh, Jesus. Instead of the wrath being directed to us, who deserve it, it's turned aside, it's turned back. It's taken upon God himself in the person of the incarnate Jesus. That baby who we uh, remembered just only a week ago, who grew up to suffer and to die. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to face the wrath of God. The wrath is turned aside. Instead, we can enjoy God's favour, his grace and his mercy. And that's very good news. Now I've got one more question. You can probably guess what it is. Who, how? Come on. This is a more difficult question. Uh, if I was in teacher mode, uh, this is the most difficult, explaining things. Why? Why did God do it? Why did God do it? Take a seat. So, have a look at those, at those verses, uh, whether in the the NIV or the ESV, there's a word that jumps out um, because it's repeated over and over. And that word is righteousness. I wonder if, well, what does righteousness mean? It really means, when we apply it to God, it's talking about the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the purity, um, the moral rightness And when applied to us, it's talking about us being acceptable to God because we are those things, holy and morally right and acceptable. But when we read this in English, we miss out some of what Paul was saying because uh, in Greek, some of the words have been translated by different English words. So I'm going to read it. It's going to sound inelegant in English. But hopefully you'll get the point. Paul says this, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are righteousness freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be righteous and the one who, excuse this, righteousnesses, Those who have faith in Jesus. 
The word for just is the same as the word for righteous. And we lose that in English. Paul is saying righteousness is at the heart. And he tells us, not once, but twice, the reason that God did this. It was to show God's righteousness. You might have thought it would say, he did it because of his great love for us. And he does say that elsewhere. But here, or rather the Apostle John says that, here he says it is to show God's righteousness. Now, there are people here who are still at school. I wonder whether you've ever met a teacher who says one thing one day and says something different the next day. They say, it's all right if you talk to your friends as long as it's about the subject. And the next day, if you so much as open your mouth, 30 minutes after school. It's very difficult to deal with people like that, isn't it? Joy and I have worked with people like that, worked you know, as bosses. Uh, one day, they're all happy, and, and then the next day, oh, goodness. It's very difficult to deal with. Now, imagine if God was like that. Imagine if God was one thing one day, but the next day he was different. But life would be impossible. We wouldn't be able to live. God must be consistent. He must be consistent to himself. And God is just. He hates sin. But God is love. And he wants a way to bring sinners to himself. And in his uh, wisdom and in his mercy, God found that way where he can remain consistent and yet welcome sinners. His wrath had to be turned away. A sacrifice, a sufficient sacrifice, a sacrifice that was enough had to be made. He couldn't simply say, oh, it's okay, it doesn't matter anymore. I will just brush it under the carpet. Because then he wouldn't be being consistent. He wouldn't be being just. But he found a way. It tells us in uh, that passage in Romans that all through the Old Testament times he put off punishing sin. Because he knew the day was coming when Jesus would be the propitiation. It tells us that now that propitiation... Uh, the words, it says, uh, he did it to demonstrate his righteousness so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith. It's not that God is being unfair or uh, against himself. He is being consistent. But I want you to notice, as we draw to a conclusion, notice the cost, what it cost God to do that. It cost him his one and only son. He cost him in himself. That cost shows us the depth of the love that God has for us. That he went to such extreme lengths that his anger might be turned away that there might be a propitiation. 
Okay, guys, let's just remind ourselves what we've been up to. Jess, first. No, come and stand here, show everyone, because they'll have forgotten. How can we be propitiated? Well, only through Jesus. Stay there. Who put the propitiation forward? It was God himself. Why did he do it? He did it to show his righteousness. Only needs one question. So what? What does that mean for us today, tomorrow, the rest of the week? What's the impact? What difference will it make? Well, the passage gives us the answer there. Uh, righteousness is repeated a lot, but there's another word that's repeated three times. And that word is faith. Uh, this passage calls upon us to come and only to come in faith and to grab hold of the gift that God has given. Not trying harder to reach the mark, not being religious. Instead, simply and gratefully receiving that gift. Trusting in Jesus, not in ourselves. Thanks, guys. Have a seat. Let's, let's pray. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning at the start of this year uh, for this reminder that we no longer have to fear your wrath because it has been turned away uh, by the death of the Lord Jesus on the cross. We thank you that we no longer have to tremble and fear uh, as we come into your presence, but that we can come boldly, because you see us through Jesus and in Jesus. And we pray that whether for the first time or whether we renew each day, that we will come in faith, receiving this gift, receiving the righteousness that is from God, apart from the law. And we ask that Jesus will be glorified in our lives. Amen.